When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Thank you, Audible, for supporting Made for This. Now Audible is giving members even more with the Plus Catalog. Visit audible.com slash madeforthis or text madeforthis to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial. And now, here's Jenny. Hey guys, well, it was an incredible weekend if Gathering 2021 is in the books. So all of you that were a part, we're so grateful. Whether you hosted in your home, you're a college student and had a few friends over, or maybe you watched it alone in your pajamas, yay, we absolutely had a ball serving you and building that with you and for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being part. If you missed it, you do not want to miss it. It is still available. And in fact, you're going to be able to host it in your homes this spring if you want. And and we've got all that information over at ifgathering.com. So go to ifgathering.com and we'll send you all the information about how you can still watch all the content from Francis Chan rocking in his lazy boy talking about Jesus to Ann Voskamp to... Oh, Mike Todd blew, you know, blew off the roof. You guys are not going to want to miss any of it. So tune in. You'll love it. Fantastic, fantastic weekend. I'm so grateful. And I'm a little bit tired today, candidly, on this lovely Tuesday. So those of you that feel the same way, I believe this episode is for you. It is going to encourage you. Perseverance. Let's go. So I told you guys that this season was going to be a little bit of me grabbing you by the shoulders and mama bearing you and looking you in the eyes and telling you, this is how we're going to calm down. This is how we're going to go through this. Now, this is one of those weeks where I might sound a little mean. You ready? We're going to toughen up. Welcome to Made for This Podcast. (laughs) Guys. Oh my gosh. So a few weeks ago, I posted something and everybody got on me because it they took it the wrong way and it hurt their feelings and they thought I was saying something I wasn't. And I read it all and candidly, oh my gosh, some of y'all's lives are just so unbelievably difficult. I respect you and grieve with you and how you're going through it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, if your life is genuinely really hard, this this episode is just not for you because I'm not talking to you, okay? Like, you're already learning this. You're already living this. Well done. Turn it off. Or celebrating the fact that you're actually good at this because there's a lot of us out there that think it's hard to wear a mask in the grocery store. And you are who I'm talking to today. Okay, not just the mask thing, but I mean you're critical and complaining about everything that happens all the time. We call that in our house whining. (laughs) And I don't sit here and preach to you from a place of complete mastery of what I'm about to say, okay? I am speaking to myself. I have to stop sometimes too and get a little grit. When my daughter was about to begin running cross country, which she wasn't sure she was good at. She was really fast and she knew she was a good little track runner. She usually did short distances. This is Kate, who's 18, 19 now. When she was in middle school and started running long distances because she wanted to be on the cross country team with her friends and she loved the coach and and she didn't know if she could do it. And, And so I bought her this book called Grit. And a lot of you have read the book. I love the book. The book's fantastic. I haven't picked it up in a while, but man, she read it cover to cover. And then we watched this little documentary together about how women 
couldn't run, you know, 50 years ago because they believed it would hurt our reproductive health, that it was too strenuous. So women never ran. They never were in races. So if there were marathons, obviously, and all these things. They were just for men up till like 50 years ago. And so it's the story of women getting to run. And so she watches this documentary. She reads this book. And by the time she goes to cross country, let me just tell you, at the time, I was never running. I actually run right now because I do Orange Theory, but I never ran at this time. I started running because I was so inspired <laughs> by the things I was doing with Kate about running that I was like, I need to do this. And so I did. I started running. We would go to the trail and we would run. And I hated running. Absolutely still hate running. But I did it because I wanted to show myself I could and I wanted to quit being a baby and I wanted to be a good example for my daughter who was doing hard things. So I was like, I'm going to do hard things too. And that book, Grit, what it'll tell you and what it teaches you is you can do anything. I mean, not really, you know, like some of us are not going to go to the Olympics for pole vaulting. I'm just, that's not going to be me, but it might be you, but not going to be me. So there's, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a limit to like my abilities, but I just mean if you set your mind to something, even if it's completely impossible and uncomfortable, you can do it. You know, people always ask me how I write a book or like, how do you do that? I can't imagine. I'm like, you just write a word and then you write another word then you write another word and then all of a sudden you have a book like pain, agony, tears, thousands and thousands of hours later, you've got a book and it's amazing. And that's how it is with running in a marathon or anything. It's just, you just Put your foot in front of the next and you just keep going and you just keep doing it. But there's one thing that separates the people that actually do things from the people that don't. And this book talks about it. It's just grit, mastering your emotions, deciding you can, like doing the hard thing. Guys, this is my wake up call. This is my put on your big girl panties and let's be better than we've been through COVID. Because <laughs> let's be real. It did. It was universally hard. I mean, universally hard. Even the Christian leaders and counselors and people that are supposed to be keeping us all on track, they're all falling off the tracks, okay? So, you know, it's hard. I get it. There's really not many people on the tracks right now, which is why I'm calling us back to the tracks because somebody needs to be on the tracks. And guys, we can do this. And the reason we can do this is that we have a God that is sure and steady and steadfast. And it doesn't matter what happens to us on this earth. Even if, no matter what happens, even if the worst happens, even if it doesn't get better, it gets worse. We're okay because we have God and we have a hope that is secure in heaven. 1 Peter 5.10, and after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, we have this eternal hope, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's what we have. We have not just a God who says, I've got you for eternity, but he is a God who will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us in our suffering and in our life here. We have a God that is with us, that is establishing us, that is keeping us firm in the midst of chaos. So how do we quit whining? <laughs> Y'all, this is a fun one because I never do this. I never whine. I never complain, ever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My husband would say that I complain more than his children do. And, and I think why I do that specifically to him is because it feels good to complain. It feels good when my day has been hard and I haven't really complained all day and I've done the hard things and I come home. I'll just say, oh, it's so hard. He's like, well, baby, what was so hard? And I'm like, 
Zoom meetings for 83 hours. He's like, baby, there's no way you did 83 hours of Zoom meetings. I was like, well, it was three hours, but it was so hard. It just feels good. It feels good to complain. It feels good to exaggerate. It feels good to feel sorry for ourselves. And many of us have good reasons. Zooming is not one of them, but many of us really do. And even now, right now, there are real things I could complain about, but that's not what I typically complain about, right? I complain about things that aren't that hard, that are annoying. And then underneath that is really the bigger problem. Yes, it does say in scripture that this is pretty, actually really big scripture that I've mentioned before because I'm so convicted by it, but it says in Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling or disputing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world. So something about our complaining and our grumbling is showing the world not the light of God in us and the hope of God in us, but our crooked, depraved desires. <laughs> it's pretty dramatic, like crooked, perverse generation. We are to shine as lights in the world. And the way we will do that is without complaining or arguing and disputing. Ah. I think this is so important, is underneath all of it, what is behind our complaining? What is behind our grumbling? It is that we feel like we deserve something that we're not getting. It feels like we deserve a happy life, that we deserve an easier life, that we deserve a better life. Tim Keller says it this way, the problem is that contemporary people think life is about finding happiness. We decide what conditions will make us happy and then we work to bring those conditions about. To live for happiness means that you are trying to get something out of life. But when suffering comes, it takes the conditions of happiness away. And so suffering destroys all the reason to keep living. But to live for meaning means not that you try to get something out of life, but rather that life expects something from us. In other words, you have meaning only when there is something in life more important than your own personal freedom and happiness, something for which you are glad to sacrifice your happiness. And guys, that is the definition of being a follower of Christ that no longer is our hope in this world, but now we are the hope of the world. So why does it feel so hard to actually live this way? So we aren't victims because there is a God who is writing the story and we aren't victims because there is a God who is rolling out his plans throughout history and we're part of those plans. And if we find ourselves in a dark part of that story, that means he wants us in that dark part of the story and that there will be good written out of it. It says all things work together for the good of those that love God. That is our promise that even in the midst of a dark part of a chapter in this book that is our lives, that is the story of God, that is eternity. We are building a good story, that he is building a good story, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of 2020, even in the midst of losing jobs, even in the midst of diagnoses, even in the midst of death, even in the midst of losing everything that we hold dear here, we have hope and we have a God that is with us in the midst of that dark part and that God is building a good story. So we aren't victims. We're part of something and we're willing to sacrifice for that thing that is the story of God and and what he's building through our lives here. Hey guys, I am back and I cannot wait to tell you about what I am listening to on Audible. 
I love reading historical fiction of any kind, so I downloaded Kristen Hanna's new book that just came out. But after I listened to that one in probably two days, because I go through them so fast, I am super excited because Cory Ten Boom's The Hiding Place is on Audible Plus. So this is a catalog of books, podcasts, all sorts of things that you can listen to at any time that are totally free and included in your membership. You can start exploring Audible now with a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash made for this or text made for this, all one word, to 500-500. When you become an Audible Plus member, you have full access to the Plus catalog. So guys, you are going to love Audible. Visit audible.com slash made for this or text made for this to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial. And now back to Jenny. I'm going to answer a few questions on this one because I know it's it's really loaded. And some of you are like, oh, I just want to complain. I'm going to turn this off right now. Hang on with me. Number one, how do I pull myself out of this victim mentality? It's everywhere. And I feel like things aren't going my way. Okay. Let me just say this. Things are not going our way. <laughs> some things are. A lot of things aren't. A lot of things aren't. I, I feel like every time I work through a fear or we arrive at a problem being solved, there's a new problem that I never saw coming right behind it, right? It just feels like this is life, is solving problems. Like the next hard thing comes and we're enduring it. Literally, before I was recording this podcast, I was on the phone with one of my dearest friends and we were crying together about something that is not going to be solved quickly. In fact, it may never be solved, this this issue, and I can't say what it is, but it is something that that there were no answers to We have prayed and prayed and prayed and it is not changing and we do not know what to do. And and it may never change and it may never be made right on this earth. What do you do with stuff like that? Y'all, things are not going our way. It's, it's, It's real. This is, you know, the promise of Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I'll make it all right. One day I'll overcome the world. You know, I'll overcome it all. But But it's not today. And so the power of God is in the midst of the trouble. But the trouble has yet to be solved completely like it will be one day. So how do we pull ourselves out of this? Let me tell you the greatest way I do this. Yes, I read my Bible. So let me give you all the right answers first. Yes, the Bible, without knowing the Bible, I have no truth to tell myself. So yes, I play worship music. I love worship. It will always lift my head, especially the happy songs, right? I just feel victory and power. I love it. But the number one way that I change my perspective when I feel stuck and I can't do it. It is to reach out to someone that is suffering more than me. It is to love them. It is to listen to them. It is to be with them and to truly like be there for them. You know, it's not our natural instinct, but I will say that every single time that I do that, I come home and I hug my kids tighter and I thank God for what I have. And the greatest picture of this that changed everything for me was being friends with Sarah Henry, who is, you know, recovering from a massive stroke. If you haven't heard her story, it's in several of my books and and I've talked about it on the podcast as well. She has walked through so much, came back from not, you know, being able to walk, talk, move. And girlfriend is killing life right now. Y'all, she drives, she takes care of herself, her kids. She is an incredible mom. Yes, her words are still limited. But in those years where we were best friends and I saw her all the time and she's in a wheelchair still, I mean, it was perspective giving. It just was and it is. 
And I think that's part of the way our lives are supposed to work. I'm writing about living in a village and like how we all need this. We all were really built to live in villages, that that size community is about what we can handle. And and part of it is that you can carry each other's burdens, that that you walk through life together, you never walk alone. And so whether you're the one that is Sarah, that needs, you know, somebody to be there for you, or you are the one that needs to be around Sarah so that you have perspective on your life, we need each other and we need to carry each other through hard times. And Sarah has been that friend for me when when it was really, really, really dark because of situations I probably can't ever share on online or publicly. She was the one for me that was was carrying me through seasons that I didn't think I could live or breathe or pray or anything. It just, it was so dark. So we need each other. And that is the greatest way I think we overcome victimhood is to to love and serve each other and to be loved and served and to be in community and let other people help carry those burdens. You're going to hear me talking a lot about community in the coming year because what you're going to see is I've studied it pretty deep in writing this book and it really does kind of keep coming back to that, that God built us, you know, Genesis, that that it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for any of us to be alone. And and so when we're alone in our victimhood, when we're alone in our sadness, in our difficulty, we don't have a lot of grit. We don't have a lot of get up and go because we are completely overwhelmed. But when friends start to carry it with us, our burdens with us, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we can do this. Number two, life doesn't feel very hard right now, actually. Am I doing something wrong? I like that question. Um, good for you. Yay for you. No way. Enjoy it. Have a ball. Yay. <laughs> I, don't, I, I do understand this because I actually used to be this way where before I had really gone through a dark night of the soul and years of suffering, which we went through in the mid, you know, like 2015, 2016 before that season, I felt guilty being happy. I don't feel guilty about that anymore. <laughs> After several years of, I'd say three or four years of some of the darkest things happening around me and in our family and in my personal life imaginable, it just kept coming. And these are all the years that If Gathering is starting and the pressure of all that is on top of it, along with difficulty after difficulty. And these were huge things, huge things, I can't say. <laughs> I just don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I think that there are tastes of heaven on earth. There are moments where things are okay. And you celebrate that and you be there for other people because that won't last. And I know that. Now, I'm not scared of that because I've seen God provide in the midst of such darkness and difficulty. I'm not afraid of it, but I just expect it. And I just know there will come a time when we'll be back on the mat where we need other people to carry us. And so when we are okay, we carry other people. And it's a great joy and privilege to be doing that for several people in my life right now. So what are some signs that I'm living like a victim? If the narrative in your head is is negative all the time, you are probably struggling with victimhood. If you're negative about everybody, if you're negative about your circumstances, if you're negative about your marriage, if you're negative about your kids, all the time in your head, all the time. I would say, I've got a great book for you. It's called Get Out of Your Head because you do want to interrupt that cycle and you do want to you do want to abruptly, you know, change the way you're thinking because living in that for too long, you'll lose perspective and you'll forget that life isn't about comfort and happiness and life isn't easy, that we are, our kids will disappoint us and our marriages will disappoint us and our friends will disappoint us and 
our circumstances will disappoint us and and we've got to be about those that rise above those things and and love anyway and rise above those things and show God anyway. And if we stay stuck in the complaining and the negativity, then it's just basically sends a message to the world that we need everything to be all right, to be happy. And that's just not Christianity. That's not following Christ. We don't need anything to be right on this earth because we have Christ. So living is Christ and dying is gain. And so there is a whole different perspective that that if you don't know it and you have never had a chance to to hear the story of Jesus and the story of this book, the Bible, it is a beautiful story. It's a surprising story. It tells that that we were stuck and that he rescued us, that Jesus on the cross died for our sin to set us free and that we are set free forever and that we're here for a little while in these broken bodies in this broken place with broken people to show people the love of God that saved us. That's it. That's what we're here for. And anything else is a distraction taking away from that mission of why we're alive and why we have breath. So we got to fight it, guys. We got to fight it. And I know some of you are fighting it and you're exhausted. And having just shed tears with somebody I love over circumstances we can't control, I get it. And I want to close today just by praying for you specifically. And God, we know that that in your economy, the broken things, the, the difficult things are actually building hope and light in the kingdom. And, and God, only a good creative God could build a world in a system like that, that dry bones could, could walk and, and bring life and joy and dance and sing and move. And God, I pray for the dry bones that are listening right now that, that feel like they can't sing and they can't dance and they can't celebrate and they are just crushed. They couldn't possibly imagine having grit through this difficulty because they can't get out of bed. God, right now, I pray over them. I pray your spirit would be near. I pray in their grief that they would feel the peace and the space to to do that for a season because, y'all, that's real. There are just, I'm not talking about that in this episode. I'm not talking about grief, but that might be where you are and that might be what you need. But for those of us that that just need a shift of perspective, that just need to remember what life is about and that we aren't suffering the way we could be and that that there is hope even in the midst of the suffering that might be difficult. Would you cause that perspective to grow in us? God, give us your eyes to see our circumstances and your eyes to see the people in our life that disappoint us. Give us your eyes to see our day and to see the good and to be full of gratitude instead of full of disappointment. We love you. We thank you that you are worth following. We thank you that you want more for us than living as victims. You want us to be more than conquerors, scripture tells us. Help us know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being part of this community. We do not take it for granted that so many of you show up week after week. If this is blessing you, we would love for you to go help this podcast be found by other people. And the way you can do that, first subscribe so that you actually get all of the episodes. You don't miss anything. It shows up right on your phone or on your device. And you know when we have a new episode. And then also rate and review. Your rates and reviews help the charts and that helps people find the podcast. So that's why we care about that. And let's be real. It's really fun to read your stories. Sometimes it feels a little bit like we are just throwing all these words out into thin air. And then we go read your reviews and they're so thoughtful and kind and it means so much to us. Chloe and I will text each other, you know, just to encourage each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this podcast. 
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.